Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, day before the season, we have to do our annual predictions, which are going to be very, very, very wrong. But it's fun to talk about all this stuff anyway. Danny is back. Really missed doing the show with him. Ready for the previews to be over. Ready for the season to start. We are actually going to save, I know there's been a lot of news, we're going to save some of that until tomorrow, since there are only two games, we'll we'll do a bunch of news tomorrow. And I want to remind you before we get going, we're sponsored today by SeatGeek, use that Capspace code to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And Harry's, to get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash Capspace, that includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineer blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich, rath- rich lathering shave gel, which Danny really likes even when it's said properly and a travel blade cover all right let's get rolling here danny how do you want to do this you want to just do our like top seed Uh, why don't we do let's do it this way let's go we'll alternate with each seed in the east and west kind of split it up a little bit uh so uh i think i'll let you say something now okay (laughs) and stop rambling (laughs) okay so my top seed yeah we can do this kind of snake style so my top seed in the west is the warriors i'm predicting 69 wins the number is challenging with them but we don't need to go too much into that right now yep you had 69 i also had 69 that is i identical to my prediction from last year when they had 67 i just think they're so deep this year if they just had brought back the same team from last year i probably would be saying like 65 but i think they just have so many depth pieces now that even if guys miss time they should look a lot better they're not gonna be relying on matt barnes in in an every night role down the end of the season or anything like that um so all right who's your number one seed in the eastern conference the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that while Boston is intriguing and they'll get better over the course of the year, so much turnover is going to weigh it down a little bit. So I have Cleveland having the top seed at 53 wins, and I could see it being less than that, depending on how the how they pace LeBron and, of course, when Isaiah comes back. Yeah, and perhaps how much they get pushed as well, although they certainly have indicated that they are not concerned about being a lower seed. They have ample confidence, I'm sure, in their ability to go through any team with home court advantage, as they proved so deftly in 2015 with the Hawks and 2017 with the Celtics. So yeah, I also have 53 wins for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, this is a really boring podcast so far because we agree exactly. Who do you have as your number two seed in the Western Conference? So my prediction is is actually that Houston and San Antonio have the same record, but I'm putting Houston as the two seed just because I think they're more likely to finish here. I actually had San Antonio as the two until the news that Kawhi was going to miss the start of the season because that made me really recalibrate what that is. But I still have both Houston and San Antonio at 57 wins, but I think Houston is the more likely two. Yes, I had them tied at 58 wins. But then after the Kawhi injury, I moved San Antonio down. Uh, they're my number three seed at 56. Houston, I, I have at 58. Uh, who are your two and three in the East? 
Again, this was tough. A lot of teams are really close. I have Boston at 50 and Toronto at 50, at 49. And I could see that going other ways. I think I'm a little higher on Toronto than some other people just because last yeah. year, Kyle Lowry missed a bunch of games. And so I have them still at 49. Yeah, and I fall into that category of some other people. I actually have Toronto as the fifth seed hmm. with 46 wins. And it's not like I have any of these other teams like winning so many more. I just don't think Toronto is going to be as good. And I think the biggest reason for that is the bench very very reliant on young players Damari Carroll actually was somewhat effective for them despite the fact that he is making more than he really should be at this point and all those young guys I'm not sure how much I believe in them I think Patrick Patterson is going to be a pretty big loss I think Corey Joseph is going to be a pretty big loss and they could I'm not saying that they I think it's probably more likely that they exceed the 46 wins for them than that they or at least significantly exceed it than significantly fall below Below that because I do think hey you know this team's been winning 50 games a year and they should do that again they have some of the same guys I think Lowry could fall off as well I know he missed time last year but I think he could also fall off and we'll see you know they had PJ Tucker around last year who for the end of the year I'm not sure how they beat this but if they if they can get exactly what they did from the bench last year then maybe they would be 49 or 50 but I am skeptical of that and that's why I had them down at 46 my three seed in the east Washington 47 wins and my four seed a team that I think I am higher on than a lot of people Miami 47 wins also but I think Washington I have them at three because I think they're you know just a little better team than Miami yeah I have Miami a little bit later but I do like the idea of going two at a time well so first since you were are you at four now because you said Miami uh I'm at five actually okay so I'll do I'll do those first just to make sure we're squared up so my four and five are Washington at 48 so one below Toronto and then Milwaukee at 45 I actually have them above the heat as well Okay. Well, so what do you think you and I disagree on when it comes to Miami? Well, so I think what we disagree on is like how good they're going to be at full strength. I think we both, I, I think they're more resilient other than an injury to Goran Dragic than most teams, but I'm just not, a, a team that's balanced one to 10 isn't as interesting to me. I, I don't think that is a regular season thing as a team like Milwaukee that has, you know, an MVP caliber ca- talent guy. I think that's a little bit different. And with Miami, I think, you know, they had the weird 10 and 31, 31 and 10 season that they weren't, you know, both of those parts are actually relevant here. And they they are, I think they're a little bit perilous in terms of an injury to, to Dragic and he's getting a little bit older too, though he was very good in Eurobasket, of course. Yeah, Dragic is probably my biggest concern there as well. But he made it through, he's really been healthy for pretty much his whole Miami career as best I can recall. And then I think their defense is going to be really good. I think they're going to be like, you know, the number six defense. And I think they can be, they're 17th in offense last year. I think they can be significantly better than that this year. So I, I think you know, if they're slightly above average offense and fifth or sixth defense, you know, that to me is a is a high 40s win team. And I think they're just, they have so many depth guys. They have a lot of young guys who I think can get better as well. I do, you know, I think Waiters and maybe James Johnson could fall off. I think Olenek is really going to help them also give them more than what they got maybe at backups. And I think he's really going to help their offense, especially on, on the second unit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and these guys have a lot of guys who shoot threes. And I, I'm just a believer in them. I'm a believer in Spo and... Uh, so that's why I'm a little higher on them. So yeah, I have them at, them at four, Toronto at five. Uh, and then let's go back to the West here. I would say, you know, in terms of tiers, I would have OKC, my fourth seed at 54. I was like, God, I hope that happens. So we get OKC and Golden State in the second round. Um, 
but I have them with 54 wins and that would be the end of kind of my tier two in the west and then I have uh, Minnesota 51 wins I think I'm a little higher on them too than a fair amount of people and that's that's actually what we were talking today on Gchat about one of the picks that I feel least secure about and that's certainly one of them I'm a little bit lower on both those teams but have them in the same order I have OKC at 51 and I think they're 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 pretty comfortable in that I actually have them in a separate tier as a regular season team their ceiling is in the same at least in the same ballpark as San Antonio probably in the same ballpark as Houston but I I think of these divisions in terms of the regular season I think it's going to be hard for them to figure it out that quickly and the other two teams just I think they're going to get there San Antonio is basically the same team and then Minnesota Bontemps had a good a really good point on OKC before you move on uh sure that their bench is just going to be a big problem they've had some like oh yeah Patrick Patterson is isn't healthy abrinas has been dealing with knee issues like backup center could be an issue so yeah i think in the regular season you're right. i mean they've gotten rid of a lot of that depth which helped them last year obviously you would make all those trades at any time but you know i think they can get past it they could maybe pay play felton and westbrook together but patterson is the guy i think they're really really going to be counting on to get some production as a small ball five as a four as well and he's he's kind of you know lurching into the season after that knee surgery so let's finish out the west playoff picture and then we can move to the east so we both have basically well, the same well, can we talk five. about minnesota too sure I'm talk about minnesota again for a second so uh, this was my rationale on how i got to 51 38 win point differential last year basically getting replacement level production when you consider the on-off metrics from levine and brandon rush at the opposite wing spot they've been replaced by jimmy butler jimmy butler is like a 10 wins over replacement player so now you're at 48 wins right there and then just to get and taj gibson is going to give them some more i think jeff teague will give them a little more than rubio did last year as well at least offensively and defensively they can't get any worse um so and then just the internal improvement of towns and wiggins tyus jones should be a little bit better too that's how i get to that 51 i think but most of that is just jimmy butler is a really really good player and i understand the issues with the diminishing returns with their spacing i don't like how they filled out their team necessarily but i think they just have so much talent that it doesn't even it's not going to matter that much and they're still going to get to 51 but i i'm i'm nervous about it because you know they they've hurt us before one thing that will not hurt however is a shave with a harry's razor three million guys have switched to harry's which gives you a great shave at a fair price they give you five precision engineered blades a weighted ergonomic razor handle and that rich lathering shave gel which danny so loves and i have become a huge fan of over the last few months as well you know how much it costs to get those five blade razors from the big boys and then you have to go to the drugstore and get this ridiculous cabinet opened by someone with a key because this thing is like the nuclear football people these are so expensive that people are just going to take them and, and we got to have them under lock and key not so with harry's you get the same quality in my personal opinion they bought their own german factory with over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure that highest quality all products are backed by a 100 percent quality guarantee and it's half the price of the leading five blade razor selling directly to you over the internet so you can claim your free trial offer from Harry's today, a $13 value for free when you sign up, just cover shipping. The way you do that, of course, is by using Capspace. Harry's.com slash Capspace is that URL. 
Once again, your free trial set, you get that beautiful razor handle, those five precision engineer blades, that great shave gel, and a travel blade color cover as well. To get your free trial, go to harrys.com slash capspace right now and let them know that you came from us, harrys.com slash capspace. So we're in the midst of reliving our miserable memories of believing that the Wolves are actually going to be good from seasons past. Do you think this will be different this year? They certainly have more high-end talent. I mean, adding Jimmy Butler is a massive difference, and Carl Anthony Towns is ready to take a step. I think we'll talk about him a little bit later in some more detail. And I also think that Jimmy Butler is going to have spillover benefits for Wiggins just because he's going to have less on his plate. How he responds to that is an open question. But yeah, I think there, I think this is a fundamentally different team. And the other guy that we shouldn't discount here is Taj Gibson. We've seen that Towns did better with a more defensive big man next to him. And I think Gibson is more gifted in those ways than Jeng was. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see you what the defensive assignments will be. It's clear that Taj Gibson is going to start to find my prediction. Uh, back uh, low those many months ago when we had John Krasinski on, I, I thought they would start Jang. Not the case, it looks like. And Gibson is still, I think, a better player than Jang. So uh, that makes sense to me. But I thought it would just be Gibson because he's used to coming off the bench and more of a veteran. But of course, you know, they're not worried about how many minutes he's going to play. So interesting to see whether Towns operates as more of the center or the power forward in those matchups. Um, So, you know, I think Minnesota, I had the fifth seed at 51 wins. How many wins did you have for them? 48, but still as the fifth seed as well. Yeah. And then... Denver, I think, is in a little bit of a tier by themselves. I have them with 47 wins, with just mostly the idea being that internal improvement plus Paul Millsap is going to get there. It'll be interesting to see whether the waiver of Jameer Nelson today actually helps or hurts them. They're really going to be relying now on Emmanuel Moutier at backup point guard, who has not been good. It looks like Jamal Murray is going to start there. Mike Malone, for better or for worse, will not have that crutch of Jameer Nelson. They've signed Richard Jefferson as well, who actually, I think, can help them a little bit as a backup three yeah what did you have for them are they your number six seed as well they are i have them at 46 and you talked before about the raptors and how you kind of like how that was on the lower end of their standpoint i think this is towards the higher end for me of what denver can be 46 47 which is i think for you said 47 for you because i could see this taking a little while to adjust and to really get their offense working we saw them in person and you know Millsap had a nice night but it just looks like they need to figure this out a little bit more but i do really like their talent and there is a risk also i mean there's some reporting out there about will barton that he had an issue in practice today we don't have any news on what what's happening there richard jefferson might also help with that the fortunate thing for denver is that they have a lot of depth in the kind of the two through four spots broadly but not necessarily specifically the three but barton's a two anyway so yeah i have them there and actually now that leads into i think it's probably better to just finish out the west so we can kind of talk about these teams in conjunction well one more thing on denver though you, sure, you of course. said that you think 46 47 is towards the higher end of their range i disagree with that i and when i had adam mars on he disagreed with me too he had 50 wins as their best case scenario i have it at 54 because wow and they were the number they were the number one offense last year after Jokic came in and now they're adding Paul Millsap, who I think it could, is, in theory, yeah, it might take a little while to mesh, but it could probably help in that regard. And they were the number 29 defense. If they could just get to be like the 20th best defense and the number one offense, like, is that totally unrealistic for this team? Because if they get there, then, you know, I think they are. I mean, that's kind of, they could get to like the same rankings as like Houston had last year, in theory. I mean, that's that's the high end of their range. But I, I do think this team has more upside than some people realize because they were just so 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 good offensively for I mean this is a four-month period that we're talking about last year they also had some crunch time issues that you could see just just for reversion to the mean actually helping them out 
out. It, but the thing that concerns me is just that they're relying so much on young guards at this point. They're all young guards sure. I really like, but I don't usually go kind of going back to the Timberwolves in that way. I, I don't I usually wait to see them show it to me. And you and I both love Jamal Murray. But to get to that level, I think you even though they rely less on a traditional one than a lot of teams because Jokic has the ball has and Dan will better have the ball in his hands so much. But it still is a lot to ask. So I had after them a four team tier in in seeds seven through ten portland at 43 memphis at 42 clippers at 42 utah at 41 so i don't feel strongly really that any of those teams are particular favorites uh and based on the when i did these predictions if anything i probably feel a little bit better about the clippers and a little bit better about utah just because blake looks relatively healthy and utah has a lot of depth like Derek favors looks like he's going to be at least a solid contributor if not the near star that he was a couple of years ago um and then portland just their lack of spacing is always a little bit of a concern and memphis i don't know I, like that's that's one of the ones i'm kind of most fearful of but i just the point was made to be my by chris harrington when he came on the show that they really just have so many awful offensive players who played for them last year and that those guys should be eliminated from the rotation this season and i think that's really going to help them a lot it's just our conley and gasol going to drop off so much that it won't that that won't uh really help them but i think the combination of maybe a little bit worse from conley and gasol but just more depth and just fewer terrible offensive players puts them right about where they were last year i also have four teams in this tier but they are not the same four teams and my swap i'll I'll say that first and then i'll explain the ordering my swap is i don't have memphis in this group and i do have new orleans and i think new orleans just the idea of davis and cousins yes there are big issues structurally with their shooting but i think that those guys are just so talented that they can make this work especially against kind of the dregs of the league I could see them just teams putting their hands up. So the way I have it, maybe I caught a little bit of that David Locke sunshine. I have the Jazz tops of this group at 44 wins. I am a believer in their defense. And while I am skeptical of their offense, I think there's a lot more upward mobility than downward mobility just because the bottom of the league is so bad. And then I have... I have Portland at 43 and those teams. I I mean, I think Utah, Portland and the Clippers. I think that's pretty much where my line is right now for Portland at 43 and then the Clippers at 42. And that is the last playoff spot. Those are the final two spots and then the last team out. And then the Clippers, I've we said this when we did the podcast together on them. I know I'm low on them. And if I if I were to say or if you were to tell me that those guys are going to stay healthy, they would be much, much higher than this. They would probably be maybe a little bit below Denver, but I, I believe in their talent and well, so tell me, tell me why you're lower on Memphis. And by the way, I mean, Vegas, I think they're 37 and a half or something like you're more in the mainstream than I am on them. I think two things. One, my expectation is that Conley and Gasol will not be as healthy this year as they were last year. I think that, you know, Conley, of course, missed a bunch of time two years ago, but I, I just think that yeah, I mean, he only played, I think, 68 games last year, too. He had to well, remember that back fracture thing. Well, they combined to miss, I think it was about 20 to 25 games last year. I just feel like that's okay. just not going to that it's not it's going to collectively it might be one way not the other obviously but the other thing that concerns me with them is I do like that they brought in Tyreek but I just don't think their overall talent level like how what strikes fear in the hearts of opponents isn't really there as much they have a lot of competent stewards but that puts so much strain then on not only Conley and Gasol but also Chandler Parsons into a point Tyreek and I just don't believe in that group collectively and I also don't think that Harrington brought up and I think that's a, a fair point that they they took away a lot of their offense players. 
I'm not yeah, the, the bad, be- offensive, the bad players, offensive players. Yeah. I'm not a believer necessarily in their defense. I mean, they lost Tony Allen, their best perimeter defender. They Their swingman defense, you know, they have guys that are talented, but they don't have guys who have proven it in the same way. So I could be wrong on them. You know, I feel queasy about being lower on them, just like you do about being higher. But I think I'm a little bit more confident just because when you look at these other teams, maybe with the exception of New Orleans, you go, wow, they're really talented. And with the Grizzlies, it's more of like the rosiest outcome. And that whole story of them outperforming their point differential and all that, I think this is a fundamentally different team than the squad that that gritted and grinded for all those kind of Pythagorean expectation def- def- defying stances. Yeah, I'll be I'll keep this short, but I think their defense is better than people realize. They don't really have any major holes defensively. I think with if they're going to start Selden if Ennis is going to be in there, Jermichael Green, a solid defensive power forward, I think they can do a lot of switching. And they may not have the one lockdown guy, but I think they can just be solid in a lot of areas. Parsons, and you know, we'll see what happens with him. Evan, same thing. But um, New Orleans, I'm lower on them than you. I had them for 38 wins, and it just always seems to go wrong for them. It already is. Uh, I think Drew Holiday, we, we have a category for most disappointing player. I think he's going to be right up there. The way that they're talking about using him, Rondo is out so that maybe that'll help him just become a big pick and roll guy. But then when Rondo comes back, that's just such a weird combination. Guys are always getting hurt. They have this open sore at small forward. It's just a team that always seems to be less than the sum of its parts. And especially when when you consider just the volatility of the situation with Cousins there as well. You know, Alvin Gentry hasn't really been able to get much out of these guys from a coaching standpoint. The medical staff is bad. It just just seems like a bad situation. And they're starting to become one of those teams like the Knicks and the Lakers where it's just like you know what just count on stuff going wrong for these guys I totally understand that and I feel much more confident that's why I'm kind of separating them out in terms of tiers because I think it's gonna be harder for them to make it into the playoffs you know 41 is on the higher end for them unless everything goes right and they're also so dependent on their top players especially now I mean Davis Cousins Drew Holiday that that's really you know the centerpiece of this they have like they have other support players but they need those guys to be great and great together and you're right that they haven't proven it I'm just a believer in their collective talent but do you kind of see a line of division even though we disagree on Memphis and New Orleans a little bit but then there's a line of division between those teams and everyone else yeah between them and Dallas I mean I have Dallas actually I'm higher on them than some I have them with 36 wins and New Orleans only 38 but I mean the upside between those teams is much different like when I I thought the best case scenario for the Pels they could maybe they could get to 50 wins if everything works right I mean those two guys Davis and, and Cousins both of whom you know will miss time as well that's another part of this projection but if those two guys are healthy and play well and they can get just enough around them those are two really talented players so maybe it could all go right um I take it Dallas is your next team as well the 12th best team in the west right I have them at 35 and then and and they do have more upside if they were in the eastern conference you could I could absolutely see them as a playoff team but it's hard for me to imagine them getting to like 45 or so and while I have yeah. the 18 and they're not gonna push no there's no reason push. for them to and you know the, the reason they would push is just if they have a really strong start and pushing for them is you know we, we need to recalibrate and they're really more of like a 41 42 win team then they could push in that direction but I don't think that's really what they are they're starting a young point guard Seth Curry's gonna be out for a little while and then the bottom three teams I think a lot of the difference between them is more the structural incentives here so I have the Lakers at 32 wins Sacramento at 28 and Phoenix at 26 and I have them closer in talent but the Lakers do not have their pick I think Sacramento is going to be a little bit later on the uptake and Phoenix has a better idea of what they are yeah I think all the Lakers I don't think they're going to tank but they are going to play a ton of young guys down the stretch you could see Brooke Lopez 
Lopez getting shut down, maybe even bought out potentially uh, at the end of the year. Well, I'll, um, I'll say something on that. I do not think they're going to buy him out because I think one of the one of the ideas that they're hoping rights. is to yeah. use is to have his bird rights. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, between him and Ennis and a few other guys, I think they'll be kind of looking to squeeze a little bit more. But, you know, if, if they can learn a lot this year and if he says that's not what I want, then you think about this a little differently. Yeah. So I have the Lakers at 29, Phoenix 26 and Sacramento 26. I'm actually lowest on Sacramento I think of all those teams just because I think their offense is going to be absolutely atrocious yeah, well, uh, so I, I think I should, I should George say Hill this. looks really bad to me too he's hurt already too like I, I'm yeah what, what were you gonna say well, what I was gonna say is you know people who probably heard the last time we talked about I talked about Sacramento on the show was in the over under podcast I turned on them after that point in a g-chat thread with with some of our fellow basketball nerd friends because I started <laughs> watching them intently and even against bad defenses in the preseason with their starting five or what I expected to be they couldn't get anything and that's a real concern especially when their defense is not so strong that you think they're going to be generating a ton of transition looks I just thought it was going to be better there I'm a big believer in George Hill but also George Hill has injury concerns so yeah I moved off them I think I picked the over there I don't know that we're allowing for revisions there but I have them at 28 which I believe would hit their under no you obviously you can base it on additional information I've changed a couple of them already based on on injuries and stuff so so that's why you beat me last year I don't think I changed that many last year, but um, so oh, I, and I definitely didn't change like the over under because we're ba- we're basing that on what the line right, was right, when right. we did the podcast. So yeah, um, let's talk about the East now. I think we we left off around the fifth seed. I have Milwaukee as my sixth with forty four wins. I see them as you know maybe a little bit better than Charlotte, especially with this Batum injury where he's going to be out. And I have Charlotte at forty two. Are those your six and seven as well? Did you have Milwaukee higher? I forget. I had Milwaukee fifth. Miami sixth but I have the same dividing okay, yeah. line I think that it's basically the difference there is my is you have Miami higher than I do I have Milwaukee at 45 so just about with you I just have Miami at 43 and they could certainly go higher but I think this is the line the line is the sixth seed I think all of those teams are good you know they're at, at bare minimum some of them are better than good and then Charlotte would probably be in that group if we didn't know that one of their better players is already out and then they're so dependent on Kemba and fortunately now they have more guys in their center rotation but I they're not as reliable liable in that group so I think that's the line of separation and then where I thought it was really kind of where the rubber met the road for me in the east was how do you resolve the end of this conference so I still have Charlotte at seven despite the Batum absence and then I ended up and by the way on Charlotte uh I KP was saying his projections even with Batum out have Charlotte making the playoffs like 80 percent of the time just because everyone else is is so bad right and that's really where you get into here is so you go well okay if Charlotte's going to fall out then two other teams have to get in if we both think they're the seventh best team and I have right now have Detroit and Philly as the two teams gunning it out for that spot I put Detroit in at 38 and put Philly at 37 obviously the Sixers have a lot more variance if they figure this out quickly but young teams and especially teams with with guys that just have no NBA experience usually take a little while to figure it out and I think that's what this year is I think you're right and I was disappointed actually that I had Detroit with 39 wins and I'll stick with that um but it's if anything I think they're going to disappoint rather than exceed that necessarily and I was just disappointed because I really wanted to pick like the eighth seed in the east to have like 36 wins just for the pure comedy of of that and I said that that would be the case with Bonner but I forgot I had actually picked Detroit to be as high and so I will go with Detroit with the eighth seed 39 wins Philly Derek and I talked about that extensively on, on yesterday 
today's show about why 36 wins for them their over under apparently now is down to 39 and a half uh from 42 and a half where it started and there's still people paying the under there and I, I thought the 42 and a half was totally absurd uh and 36 you know they could still be in contention amazingly at, at 36 and then i see another cutoff there uh with the 10th seed um and, and i would say that orlando indiana and brooklyn at 31 31 and 27 wins respectively that's the 10 through 12 seeds i put them in kind of a separate tier from 13 through 15 which is new york atlanta and chicago teams that just really don't have a chance at, at all this year maybe that's foolish you know brooklyn is i don't have them to win that much more than the Knicks and Porzingis is better than anyone on, on Brooklyn but I just believe in Brooklyn's system and the way they play so much more than the Knicks who just you know seem endlessly dysfunctional and also are going to be tanking which Brooklyn of course will not be so I'm kind of de- defining it a little bit differently but it's the same basic structure so I think Orlando and Indiana I actually have them in the opposite order Indiana at 34 Orlando at 33 just because I think that Indiana I like I kind of like some of their their starting five Glenn Robinson being out is going to hurt them a little bit and Orlando it's it still is a little bit of the island of misfit toys I'm not all the way on Alfred on Alfred Peninsula I can't remember I have to ask KP what he's calling his peninsulas it's the peninsula is what he's calling it so yeah so so it's it's good for him that he that he left himself an escape route over land instead of making it an island yeah because that that way and especially I mean because you you know that the shooting is limited so at least you can use the island to get closer so um but Indiana and Orlando to me are separate also because I could see them pushing a little bit beyond what the other teams are going to do. I think Atlanta, Brooklyn, the Knicks, and the Bulls all kind of know what they are. Brooklyn won't be will be in a different spot just because they don't have their own pick. The team that we might disagree on just in terms of record the most, and this is just one of those weird ideas that I have, kind of like the Clippers thing, it's just that we agree on that one, is I think Atlanta is going to win more games just because they're, I think their defense is going to be solid. And so early in the year, they're just going to pick up a few extras. And then I have them at 30. It could very well be 26 or something like that but I just I don't know why it's just this instinct thing with me that I think they're going to win a few extra because they care they have a lot of guys that are kind of that that really actually can play and then I have them a little bit better than Brooklyn and those two teams are pretty close and then the Knicks at 27 the Bulls at 25 I mean it's really going to depend there on how hard the push is for the bottom in this last year before lottery reform kicks in yeah I think you're way too optimistic on these terrible East teams especially 25 for the Bulls uh I mean I mean, man, like they just claimed Kay Felder and he's like going to play for them to start the year. He's going to be their backup point guard. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they have like, no, they, may, have, maybe. Like, they have spent, I think it's five of their 17 if we're counting two-way contracts on point guards at this point. And unless you're a really strong believer in Chris Dunn, there's an entire possibility that none of them are starting caliber, which is pretty amazing in terms of resources. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I should actually, yeah, I have this in a spreadsheet, I should do this, is add up all of these and see whether I... I'm like overall an optimist. I, I forget what the number is that oh, the I did overall mine. number of I wins in the league has to add up to. Yeah, what, yeah. T- tell us what yours, yours is. I'm okay. going to add up mine. So right mine now. was I'm eight over for the entire league. Uh, I have 656 west wins and 582 east wins, and so I guess that whatever that is, sub minus eight is however many game, how many wins there are to be had in the league. And I was actually pretty happy with eight. I didn't modify anything after that. I knew it wasn't going to be exact. It never is. But I was pretty. You know, eight's not bad. 
you're probably going to be pretty close to even because you're harsher on the lower teams than I am, and that gives you some ground to make up. What is the number of total wins that are supposed to be in the league? 1,230, 41 times 30. Okay, I'm five too low. I'm uh, 1225. That seems reasonable. That's that's not bad, actually. I'm I'm uh, I thought it would be further off than that. Uh, all right. So bottom tier of the whole league, I say there are five teams that really fall into this for me. Chicago, Atlanta, Sacramento, Phoenix and New York. Yeah, that's about what mine is, too. And incredibly boring conference finalists and champion Golden State, Houston, Cleveland and Boston. And I have Golden State over Cleveland again in five games. So uh where are you at on that i have warriors in houston i actually so this is weird because i have washington listed as the four seed in mind but i'm predicting cleveland and washington in the conference finals i think washington beats boston in a seven game series if they play each other i think that's just it's one i think boston beats i think boston beats toronto just really depends on who the two three is it's i think it's just with the way that works out they don't have anybody to guard john wall i think that's a big problem and I, i would be a series i would love to see beyond it's so weird because there is a lot of personal animosity between the organizations except that the entire Celtics team is new. So I don't know if that's really uh, going to be a big deal. I mean, but there are more of those guys who had that animosity on the Cavs now than there are on the Celtics. And then I have the Warriors in five in the finals. So I asked you this last year, whether Golden State versus Cleveland or any other finals matchup is more likely. I think we both said Golden State and Cleveland. And obviously, of course, we were correct there. But is your answer different this year? It is not. I think Cleveland has, they have a clear path, full strength. They just didn't have to face everybody at full strength last year and the Warriors have a tougher path but the Warriors are a really good team yeah there's a little bit more variance with Cleveland this year just because they're not coming off a championship we don't know exactly what they're going to be and would you say Cleveland is more likely to make the finals this year or were they more likely at the start of last year last year probably just because they were younger and they had less injury the LeBron ankle stuff even is is enough to to swing that difference and much less Isaiah I mean you have all this other stuff that's going in there I think at full strength the Cavs have a lot of talent but that's a big concern and it's something to think about here and something I want to mention just to give my to give a little plug is that I wrote a piece for the athletic I think it came out on Sunday about why we're going to see Cavs Warriors for but also why it will be the last time and a lot of that is about the Cavs variability moving forward in terms of free agency and also just the age-related stuff I think next year will be the year that somebody takes their spot yeah well there still is not an obvious obvious challenger maybe if the if boston gets anthony davis that's how that happens or maybe if lebron finally begins to regress a, or, a or if he bit. leaves uh yeah and i would say yeah yeah right that that too i guess uh well, i guess it's not impossible he could go to another eastern conference team um but yeah i think uh i would take golden state versus cleveland over the field again i mean it just it sucks so badly that i mean even if like denver were in the east or something like just give me like one more team with some outsider minnesota not to mention like okc or san antonio or houston but you know it is what it is okay let's uh let's do some of our awards here and the way we're gonna do this i think we're gonna say who we believe just deserve is gonna deserve it you know we're basically projecting who our own picks will be at the end of the year but if we have if we believe that who the media will pick or who the perception will pick outside of that we will say so if we think the media will pick someone else other than like who we think would deserve yeah and the only exception to that will be for certain things like first coach to be fired i think we should might as well pick that on who it'll actually be as opposed to who will deserve it sure sure right yes yes of course uh that is not an award uh so mvp who you got i felt a lot more confident in Kawhi leonard before like two weeks ago but i'm still going with him. oh i know i'm i i thought he was number one with a bullet for me before that but now i still think he's the best player 
in in this circumstance where he gets sole credit you know like and, and i think back a lot to the conversation you and i did last year when, when right before the award right before the end of the regular season and the arguments against lebron are still going to be there you know that he's you know that he's not going to play in every game that you know that the team is you know in some ways they're they're this established entity and i actually have lebron third so my order is Kawhi one stephen curry two i think that he's looked great in the preseason and if the warriors are that much better if they're you know approaching 70 wins then i think i think curry's the one who gets that i have lebron third westbrook fourth durant fifth and there are so many guys in that kind of range from four to six or seven that are are fun to think about like Giannis. well so it sounds like you are pricing in a lot of narrative stuff i mean who do you think is just going to be your own opinion the most valuable player in the nba this season that is actually it is actually the same order lebron or Kawhi, steph yeah, lebron Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi steph one. lebron and then after that no i think probably durant would be four for me and then i don't even want to think past that it's a little bit it breaks my brain a little bit yeah yeah i, I mean I, i'm gonna say lebron just because with Kyrie leaving potentially his last year in cleveland they get the number one seed especially which i project them to do and i think this team actually has more upside potentially than people are giving it credit for and if they get into the high 50s and get the number one seed and he doesn't miss a bunch of games which you would imagine would be the case i think he probably would get it uh and, and he still to me is the best player uh, i would say that steph curry in terms of my rankings of just who the best players are which of course is not necessarily correlated you know i'd say steph curry would probably be number two for me and then you know Kawhi and KD kind of uh neck and neck for three and four um and then uh Harden and Westbrook after that AD and Giannis around as well but it is very difficult to project just as much as it was last year because you have now you the same thing that happened to Curry last year where he had another great player join him has happened now to both Harden and Westbrook with the guys who've teamed up in Houston and OKC and that's why I think if I had to guess who it will be i guess i would say lebron i would have said Kawhi as well before this injury which you know if he misses five games six games seven games the spurs may start off poorly may not win as many games and then he you know he's going to be rested plenty during the season they're going to really ramp him up extremely slowly in terms of his minutes so i could see him having kind of a lost month to start the year we still really don't know what the nature of this is but it was reported basically a week before the season started that he would not play in the opener so it's not like apparently that he's close it seems it's definitely a concern and i i don't don't really know what to do with it moving on to the next category this is a brutally hard coach of the year because the teams that are going to improve the most off of last year all improved dramatically from a talent perspective and so i don't think you're going to get like tibbs getting a ton of credit like oh look the minnesota won a ton more games that's because of tom Thibodeau. no it's going to be jimmy butler and everything else they did so i defer in these situations we talked about deserves to me the 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 rankings here it's pop and kerr i think are the two best coaches in the league and then the next group down is spolster and Rick Carlisle and I don't really even want to think about who's going to win it but I'll say those four for deserving it yeah I think that's right Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr until those teams aren't good anymore I think that they're going to be the top two for me and 
I would still say that I think my most likely, even though I kind of just said that with Kawhi, he might not win the MVP and the Spurs might be a little bit lower. But if the Spurs get the two seed, I think it will be Popovich. It would be hard to imagine. A, and again, with all these additions, they're a one-star team. I think he would get more of the credit than if some of these other teams play well. Number two for me would be Quinn Snyder. Uh, I think that in terms of who will actually get it, I think if the Jazz make the playoffs with the departure of Hayward, you've got a narrative there that seems like they have a talent deficit. And then Eric Spolstra, especially if I expect Miami to do well, if they sniff upper 40s and that'll be enough to get into the top four in the East. And, and I think they'll also kind of belatedly give him some credit for last year as well. Uh, a couple other dark horses, Doc Rivers maybe too. Again, same thing narrative-wise with CP leaving at the Clips, you know, can get into the high 40s. They only won 51 last year and they had Paul. So uh, that would be look good for the optics there. Tibbs, just because I think Minnesota is going to be very improved. And then uh, if the Magic made the playoffs, maybe Frank Vogel could get it. It's not out of the question to me that the Magic could make the playoffs. I'll add in Brad Stevens. I think that it's a hard narrative because the, they could have a worse record than last year, but it'd be a better coaching job yeah. just because... He's he's not going to get it. They, they would... They would, And he's one of the best, I, I agree, but they would have to get to like 60 wins, I think, for him to get into consideration. Like they, they are considered to have a ton of That's true. And that, the team. And they the do. other one that I was thinking kind of along those same lines is maybe this is the time for D'Antoni just to get it. Like if they're the two seed and just, like, let's say they have the number. Yeah. Well, D'Antoni got it last year though. Did so he? He's not gonna I thought Kerr got it last year. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm one, I'm one year behind did. in my Kerr own brain. Kerr got ago. it two years ago. You're right. Yeah. He won't get yeah. it two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, first coach fired. There are a number of candidates. I want to just kind of set the universe here. And if you have anyone to add Alvin Gentry and, and remember, no one was fired last year. So I think that Kumbaya is going to be ending Alvin Gentry, a lot of pressure, obviously in New Orleans. And now he's in the last year of that three-year deal. So they can fire him and it's, it's not going to hurt them as much financially. Earl Watson, I think I don't think he's going to be under too much pressure, but maybe they'll just look so bad that it'll be time for him. I think Brett Braun actually could be under a little bit of pressure, if you'll recall. He is not the choice of this regime. Jason Kidd as well. If the Bucks disappoint, there are some rumblings there last year. They righted the ship, but if they start off poorly, they're pretty locked in in terms of personnel. So it could be the end for him, although who knows if they could actually agree to fire him. Uh Fred Hoiberg, probably not because they're, they're going to be so bad and there are no expectations anyway and Reinsdorf doesn't want to pay. Uh, but, you know, if it seems like they just continue to look awful uh stan van gundy another one that pops out to me but i think it's probably more likely that he would get stripped of his personnel power first um mike malone is also someone i think where you hear things every now and then that it's a little bit more fractious between the front office and him and that he's had some conflicts with his players if they disappoint you know that they might go in that direction uh and then uh rounding it out nate mcmillan in indiana they signed a bunch of guys thinking that they might try and compete uh, although they're also pretty cheap there frank vogel again if things go poorly in orlando he was not the choice of the jeff weltman regime and then jeff hornacek of course just because you know it's this yeah, uh but my choice for first fired is alvin gentry my your list encompassed my whole list because it also had twice as many guys but earl watson is mine <laughs> because i think the pelicans are going to be competitive and it's very hard you know they have to really be out of the playoff picture for him to be first and with watson yes 
yes, it's true that Sarver doesn't usually fire. Like, I don't think of him as somebody who fires coaches in that way. But he just gave McDonough an extension. And I could imagine McDonough, especially if this team disappoints again, being like, hey, that's something I could do to make this team better. And it might even be a little bit later in this run. If all other things were different, I would probably say Hoiberg. But I think Hoiberg is joined at the hip to a point with Garpax, at least for this season. So I don't think they would make that kind of a move because they've stood by him through thick and thin to this point. Okay, we'll get to Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man, and, and a few other categories that we created. But hey, the NBA season is starting tomorrow. Go see your favorite team. Use that SeatGeek app. That cap space code can get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And ticket buying used to be kind of a pain because you're worried that you're going to be spending too much. And then you would also stress out about not getting the best seat for your money. SeatGeek has eliminated those two pain points because they put all the tickets in front of you. So you don't have to worry now about going to five, six, seven eight i think i've used as many as 11 or 12 <laughs> in reads on this before of sites i i've did that years ago before seek existed worried that i wasn't getting the best deal now you can just trust that they're all in front of you and then the other thing it does is it ranks every ticket based on value and so you look at your general section pick the best value ticket and now you don't have to do all this comparing of like all right this is five dollars cheaper it's five seats to the left it's three rows up like which one is better just trust their algorithm danny has been very impressed with their algorithm he was in the ticket business for a few years as well and uh, as you know has a good mind for this kind of stuff so SeatGeek is a great way it doesn't have to be NBA basketball it could be any other sport it could be a concert it could be a comedy show anything that has tickets check it out on SeatGeek whenever I am looking for a ticket to something is my first stop use that cap space code let them know you came from us number one and number two get that $20 rebate that's the SeatGeek app promo code CapSpace. This is pretty boring defensive player of the year, well, huh? The only, it's going to be all the well, same so, people. So here's again. the question. Does anybody get into this three? Or And to me, yeah. if there is one person, it's probably Joel Embiid, right? Yeah, but he's not going to play right. enough games probably. I mean, it, it's we've said it, many people have said it, that it's difficult to imagine he plays more than 60 games. Maybe he could get to 65, but they have 14 back-to-backs. You imagine that probably 10 of those at least he's going to sit out and then, you know, any any small ailment that he suffers or they're just going to have a lot of planned rest for him as well. It's going to be, I mean, is there anyone else? I mean, like if Nerland's Noel were starting, maybe you could start to think about him, but you know, that's well, and, uh, and this is that's a situation a we talked play. about this before with the Celtics a few years ago where a team like Miami doesn't really have a single player I guess maybe Whiteside gets into there not saying we think he would deserve it but he could get into there if Miami is let's say top three in defense I could see him getting some votes yeah and it's interesting I think if you look back on defense and part of this is just because it's so much reputation based but it seems like who the best defensive players are is stickier even than MVP if you look back at how many guys Dwight Howard or Ben Wallace or Dikembe Mutombo guys who won that award so many times in a row or four out of five or whatever you see that even more than you do with MVP and it makes sense I mean people think a lot more about MVP than they do defensive player of the year so let's order the three Uh, I think yeah I'll go with Gobert okay it deserves will win or both I think both and Kawhi could miss time and he's just gonna have so much offense on his plate uh I think Draymond he might just not quite be as good especially in the regular season this year they have all these other guys too they're gonna kind of be coasting so I think and Gobert I think this jazz defense is gonna be awesome and he's gonna be a big part of it um so I'm gonna say both that he will win it and that he will deserve this is another one where before the injury I was much more confident in Kawhi just because I think the Spurs are going to have a good defense again and he'll get credit for it so that is more 
more in the will win than should win, but I'm going to go now with Gobert just as a risk mitigation standpoint. And yeah, he has injuries too, but I think Gobert will win. And between these three saying who deserves it is just so tough because they're good in different ways. I'll say in terms of deserves, I'll go Kawhi, Draymond, Gobert, but it's it's all the same. I mean, they're they're all incredibly valuable in their own ways. Yeah, I think if I were trying to win a playoff series, Draymond would still be my guy because he just doesn't really have any weaknesses as a defender, whereas Gobert can still be attacked a little bit in high pick and roll at times. It likes to lay back a little bit, and, and Kawhi is not really as a great rim protector. I mean, he is great for his position, but he still is a three. So um, sixth man, this one is always really hard. I think I'm going to go with Lou Williams. Uh, because he's going to have plenty of chances to put up numbers on the Clippers. He fits the archetype. Andre Guadalla should have gotten it to me the last two years, but maybe he won't this year. He's already starting off with some back soreness, so he could take a step back during the regular season. I think he's just not going to play very much as well. They just have so many other guys who can give him a rest. They're just going to try and keep him healthy for the playoffs. So he might be the best player still who comes off the bench, but it's I don't expect him to deserve it in the regular season just due to not playing quite as well and not ramping it up and not playing as many minutes. So I, I think Lou Williams, I mean, was just incredibly efficient last year. Um, and Eric Gordon would probably be number two to me. I think he's just going to get so many open shots again. So I, I know he won it last year, but there's another one actually where it seems like a little stickier on a year to year basis. And I know Lou won it, has already won it recently. And so has Gordon. But those would be my two guys that uh, I would point out at this point. Gordon. Gordon is the clear front runner because he has a, an easy opportunity. And I'd, I've given up on saying deserves on this award because it's been Andre Godala so many times and he hasn't won it. I don't think he's going to anymore. Gordon is going to have a big opportunity to play. He's going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. And it appears that that's all that really matters for this award. One guy I want to mention who just, just I don't think he's going to win it, but I think will get consideration is Tyreek Evans. Evans should have the ball in his hands a fair amount, even though Mario Chalmers, and I'm thrilled for him, made the Grizzlies. I think he'll have the ball in his, he could score in those lineups and I like Tyreek it would be a nice story so I could totally imagine him finishing in the top three in voting yeah hard for me to see him getting there if he doesn't close games which I'm not necessarily sure he will and and I'll be honest I haven't watched much of him this preseason to see how he looks physically the one guy I think could get in there just from a deserving standpoint is Nerlens Noel if he's not going to start which it sounds like they're going to start Dirk at center so again he's going to have to improve his performance level but he could be a very valuable piece coming off the bench and a few others I would mention uh Marcus Morris and Marcus smart both in boston are guys who might potentially be pretty good players off the bench pj tucker in houston potentially as well ryan anderson if they decided not to start him and then uh milos Teodosic as well as someone who might be closer to the actually getting it than deserving it category uh, because they don't care at all about defense in the sixth man apparently but i mean he's going to still get a lot of attention for uh some of the passes that he's making and that could be part of it it would be fun to see one of the i assume it's going to be zeller but one of the charlotte big men get into it because who Whoever that guy, it's presumably it's going to be Zeller, is going to be providing a ton of value. I think you could make an argument that he will be the most valuable non-starter in the league. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I think actually Cody Zeller will probably end up being my pick for this. I, I could have completely forgotten about him. I was still thinking of him as a starter. Thanks, Clifford. He's probably the best player of all these guys. I mean, maybe Gordon and Andre are, are better than him, but he's especially with how valuable he was. And, and we'll see how much he ends up playing um, and what Dwight gives him. Dwight does not look great defensively in the preseason. He did have that one basically coast-to-coast drive that was pretty exciting. But other than that, Rookie of the Year. This is, at least on paper at the start of the year, just a stacked group compared to last year. And I feel confident in the top three, but I don't feel confident in the order. I'm going Lonzo Ball, 
Dennis Smith, Ben Simmons, but all of them have a wonderful chance to win. Yeah, I have Dennis Smith number one. You, he's going to get the ball right at the start of the year. He start. He did have a mild ankle sprain, but it doesn't sound like he's going to have any issues being ready for the start of the season. And then Lonzo didn't have as much of a, a training camp. Um, I think that Dallas is going to have a better record than the Lakers, which could be part of this. And Simmons is definitely going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I just, I don't know how efficient he's going to manage to be, how big of a score he's going to be. But it really, to me, I think all those guys are pretty much neck and neck. Uh, If De'Aaron Fox were the starter in Sacramento, I would probably put him pretty close to this match. I I do think that Dennis Smith is going to be the best rookie this year and that I'm going to like him the most as a prospect coming out of this year. So that'll that'll be part of it. Uh, And then Markel Fultz, you know would have been higher on this but with the fact he's not even gonna be starting in philly and this weird stuff with his jumper that we talked about uh derek bodner and i yesterday uh you know he's down at number five for me and then number six uh future hall of famer kyle kuzma yeah i mean kuzma's kuzma's a a fun story and this class i just there are so many guys that i really like i mean donovan mitchell could have a nice year but i don't think he's going to win this award i just think he could be under consideration do we want to do sophomore of the year because i mean i think we would both say joel Embiid, even though it's unfair to give that to a guy who's already agreed to a max extension yeah no that that's funny well last year we did sophomore of the year non carl towns division so this year we can do sophomore of the year non Embiid. okay division. that's more fair i'll go with dunked on favorite jamal murray i think with the news of jameer nelson's release today they really are going whole hog with him now he's gonna play 30 minutes a game you'd think at point guard so he's gonna have all sorts of opportunities uh it's really gonna come down to whether his three-pointer goes in at a little bit higher rate than it did last year but if he starts hitting shots, uh, you know, I think he's a solid pick and roll point guard. He's got a great knack for cutting. Awful, awful defensive player at this point. Um, but I think he he might be the best sophomore. The other three that I looked at, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, just because he's going to be a starter. I mean, we forget, of course, like how terrible that rookie class was last year. I mean, how many guys are even going to be surefire starters on their teams this year? Like not that many. Uh, and then... Jalen Brown, he's going to start for Boston, but probably not really going to put up a ton of numbers. And Brandon Ingram is going to start for the Lakers as well. I think that's a little bit more about opportunity than it is about being good. He's had a rough preseason shooting the ball, but and that's been the big problem so far in his career is just the ball has not gone in for him. And I'm not sure I'm ready to say that that's going to change this year yet, but certainly given the opportunity that he's going to have and the expectations and the fact that they're going to give him the ball a lot, you have to put him on this list because if he gets it, he's going to have the opportunity. Yeah, no real opposition to that. And now we'll move into the one that I probably struggled with the most, partially because it's just so hard to predict and because it, you price in your own adjustments and that's most improved player. It's tough. I mean, because you... Yeah, it's hard, right? You have to be like, okay, who do we think is going to be good this year? But who everyone thought sucked last year, <laughs> right? I mean, there's just so many variables. Right, and there are a lot... But I do think it's interesting to look at the... To look at the um, the history recently where it's been guys who have taken the leap from being on the edge of stardom to like truly being stars like AD and Giannis and CJ McCollum. Yeah. So I'll go through my deserves list first. The three guys that I thought of for this and one of them I don't usually include because they're sophomores, but the three guys are Carl Anthony Towns, Miles Turner, and Jamal Murray. I think Turner can take a step defensively and probably not as a defensive rebounder, but I, I think he, he goes into now being much more of a centerpiece for the Pacers. Carl Anthony Towns, 
I just think he has so much untapped potential. I was blown away by by just yeah. If he defends, if he defends this year, he'll deserve it, right? Because then he will be at a if, top he, de- 10 if he defends, he's NBA first team All NBA, higher than that. Yeah, well, here here Embiid. I mean, it's uh, the center position. By the way, people crowed about how terrible it was. It's starting to look pretty good again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but Towns he wouldn't win it though yeah. because you know if he he averaged twenty six a game last year. I would say if anything, he's probably going to average fewer points a game this year. He already was very efficient, so he's not going to have a better offensive season. And nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, he got so much better defensively. Here's most improved. But in terms of actually improving as a player who helps your team win games, uh, and he does have the potential to be good defensively. It's just a question of whether you know he actually taps that. Uh, it- with, uh, Tom Will you Thibodeau. be as frustrated as I am if either Norman Powell or Josh Richardson wins this award because both of them it's just about getting the opportunity? Well, Richardson actually wasn't that good last year, but Powell, yeah, maybe a little. I mean, I'm never frustrated when it's a young guy who we were able to identify early and then got more playing time. Like that's you, you feel a sense of validation there. Um, I think the person who's going to win this would be D'Angelo Russell, though. He had pretty good counting stats last year, though. Yeah, but it's all he's out of L.A. Brooklyn will be maybe a slightly feel-good story uh i think he's going to be more efficient um he was given up on by the lakers so i I think he'll still be in a major media market if he starts doing well so i I think it would be him i mean who else are you saying is like you want to just go through like a list of candidates who's your list of candidates rodney hood again i picked him last year (laughs) i feel like i'm gonna pick him for oh that's a good one i should have thought of him and then i have actually have two sophomores just because i think their stock on them is lower than it should be or, or than it was Jalen Brown just because he's going to start he could get some of that Celtic shine Chris Dunn which would infuriate me because he did look better in the preseason before he had that nasty dislocation but just because somebody has to do something on the Bulls his numbers might look good and then even though it doesn't look like from what I've been seeing that he's going to start I just feel like Corey Joseph has is so much better than he's had the opportunity to show he's never scored in double digits I believe that he could just have that year and be like oh yeah Corey Joseph he's good maybe he has but my hope is that somebody makes the leap and we just can't predict who it's going to be yeah and i think i don't know that there is anyone who is just like poised to move into that superstar area chris has porzingis would be one he certainly is going to have all he can eat in terms of shooting the ball in new york you would think but i think the knicks are going to suck so badly that it's not going to really he's not going to have that perception but he could certainly get a lot better and then someone who barely played last year until the end is thon maker you know if thon maker starts all year and averages 24 minutes a game and and is pretty good you know he's gonna have to compete for playing time with greg monroe but that's when i think victor oladipo if he can actually improve will have the chance to operate with the ball in his hands aaron gordon's another guy finally playing the four exclusively for a whole season as the starter devin booker is someone maybe if the suns play a little bit better yusuf nurkic uh is someone too but I, yeah i mean other than porzingis i don't know that uh, i mean and i don't know if he was Giannis on our list last year do you remember i do not remember yeah so i i don't know that there's anyone quite poised to make the leap into being like a total superstar this year um but my pick would be d'angelo russell um biggest surprise team this year so i, I we can look at it in two ways one just compared to the expectations and then also we can just say who's going to have the biggest raw wins improvement this year compared well to last biggest year. raw wins improvement i think we're in agreement that that's going to be minnesota right just because just by sheer because they they underperformed yeah. relative to expectations and they got a lot better or actually is it that yeah they won 31 yeah, last they won 31 year. Yeah. i was gonna say the sixers are gonna have big improvement too but 31 they'll they'll i mean they could win 20 more games 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had them doing just that. You have them winning 17 more. The Sixers to win 20 more would have to get all the way right. up to 48. And that seems uh, unlikely. So actually, they might have they might have won 20. I can't remember whether they won 26 or 28 last year, but nonetheless, it, it would be a huge huge jump. I, I think just in terms of like what people's perception is, I would say it's going to be Miami. Um, but even that, you know, I don't have any teams that I'm just like, oh man, I'm just so much higher on these guys than anybody else. Denver's another one that I think might be be there and and maybe even the Clippers even though I'm down on them if they stay totally healthy maybe they get there because the projections do like them I'll say Utah just because I think people are lower on them they did lose Gordon Hayward he was just a, a big name for them it was it wasn't a very important part of their success and so if they're you know at the I think I predict them to have 44 wins if they're at that range I think that's a pretty big surprise broadly for the league uh biggest surprise player this is always tough because you're, you're trying to calibrate it in a lot of different ways so I don't know that this is necessarily a surprise, but I think he's the most forgotten player in the league. And so I'm going to say Derek Favors because Favors is really, he well, he's really too. good and he's going to have an opportunity now and Utah is going to need him. So, and there are going to be more shots for him and everything else. So I guess that can be a surprise. It's like, oh yeah, this guy who was, you know, who was such a serious contender to be the best player in the jazz two, three years ago and just basically disappeared. And now he's going to be, of course, playing for a contract yeah and this uh cold uh, reads like it's called for my most improved player list josh richardson d'angelo russell aaron gordon another one that i just occurred to me that i didn't have in my list is demarcus cousins maybe demarcus cousins if new orleans reaches the high end of their range people really seem to have forgotten about him right i mean if you just think about how he was being talked about just at this time last year right he was being talked about a lot of people had him as a top 10 top 15 player nobody talks about him like that now and i don't i think if anything he's going to be better this year he looks like he's in in good shape so maybe he gets back to being in that conversation even though especially because he was so bad defensively last year he's still just a great offensive force if he can get to being adequate on defense again he becomes a much much more valuable player yeah i I think that's a way yeah yeah i could i could totally see that do you want to go to most disappointing oh yes you know of course we would zero in on on this is one of our favorite topics um despite the fact that i'm high on memphis they are an option i think boston is one too i think there's a a lot of teams that have significant downside here milwaukee being another one too for me that maybe they're just going to regress a little bit after that huge advance they had last year uh although the projection systems do like them kp's got them for 48 wins um and then i mean boston just with like the crazy high over under they started with i've got them for 50 wins and yeah i could see it all really working out there but i could also see that that going awry but i'll probably go with philly uh, and uh, although i would also have the clippers due to their health and then portland i just i have these concerns that without Alan Crabb, and especially with like these weird starting lineups that they've been playing in the preseason with two bigs, like they've been starting like Nurkic and Ed Davis in certain games. I don't know if that's going to carry over to the regular season, but I could see them just being so choked off by the spacing. I'm just so so anti Evan Turner at this point that maybe it just all goes awry and that they still don't defend at all, and they're just kind of you know out of the playoffs, 37 wins, and then you know let's not forget <laughs> the Lakers either uh, because just because everyone's always so incredibly optimistic. I, I'm about 
that you said them because uh, they were they, they were on my list. The only team that you didn't mention. So my number one would be Memphis, just because I'm a lot lower on them than you are, and I think that could be a big swing here. Is Orlando just because if it doesn't work, that's hugely disappointing because now they're putting a lot of their players in the right chance to succeed, and I just I think there's a very distinct chance that they're just not that much better than the worst teams, and so in that case, they don't have the ability to retool. Fortunately, in some ways for them, they didn't sign either their guys to big money extensions probably talk about that either on this episode or the next one but i think that's another a big part of it but in terms of relative to expectations it's probably philly just because people for whatever reason think excitement is the same thing as wins and they are absolutely not the same thing and so i think this will be a very positive year for the sixers but that positive might not be in terms of wins and losses this year yeah and you could also go with the lakers not even in in terms of wins and losses but just because like they just need their young guys to look good that's the foundation that this big plan to get great free agents is based on right like if Lonzo just doesn't have that great of a year if Brandon Ingram you know looks like frankly the player that he looked like last year and you know makes only incremental improvements from there uh you know if Kuzma is just a flash in the pan I mean they've got all these young guys still but if those guys don't develop then it's disappointing even more so just then all right they haven't won as many games here's an off the cuff one for you most disappointing playoff team so meaning not meaning disappointing and making the playoffs but Uh, what team from april 15th you you mean the 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 toronto raptors memorial but can you can you (laughs) now we i'm gonna expect them to be terrible this year so they they're gonna be ineligible uh yeah i'll tell you mine while you think about it the spurs yeah please. i think that you know i I think they're gonna outperform relative to expectations in the regular season and people might be like oh man look at the spurs this is such a wonderful story and i think they might might get beat in the first round but Kawhi will carry them through and then they'll lose in the second yeah you know i'm trying to think of who else i, I mean it, you, it would have to be someone we project as a top four well seed, unless right? a team that was like the five or the six just got swept i think that would be somewhat of a disappointment yeah i mean i think if denver makes the playoffs so that they could just get completely worked by whoever oh God, they if end it's up like playing, denver spurs uh, even if they're relatively yeah even if they're like relatively close when same thing with minnesota as well i think the experience aspect minnesota also is going to be much more easily guardable in the playoffs when you can lock in on just not guarding their their lack of spacing oh, one more question um, before we get to most disappointing player while i'm looking at this part of my sheet what yeah. series conference specific do you most want to see in these playoffs knowing what we know right now oh oh golden state okc has got it yet right yeah especially because i think okc matches up maybe maybe as well as anyone in the league with the, the warriors in addition to obviously yeah, all I, the emotional i think that's that's there. one i would also love an okc minnesota series very different strengths and weaknesses well well shit and, and Cleveland, Cleveland oh, see, I think Cleveland's just going to. I mean, with the, I think Cleveland's going to beat the crap out of them. I'm not as. I would actually more want to see Cleveland, Washington, because that was that's a series we've been deprived of a few times, and I think this is the best shot. This might be the only shot that Washington gets at Cleveland at full strength or close to it. Well, in Cleveland, Ooh, Miami, yeah, would be fun too. I actually have that as the one-four matchup, especially with Wade playing against Miami too now. In addition to LeBron, and LeBron has always like oddly decided not to play games at Miami. He's rested like pretty much every game in well, and, then, and then the like other cleveland one season. is we've wanted to see cleveland milwaukee and that this might be the time for that as well yep yep uh, that's uh i think all of those will be good yeah and i think those are all pretty good ones um but yeah i think golden state okay not, not toronto charlotte i think that okc could give them 
Oh, let's move on to most disappointing player. So I'm sure you have a lot of guys on your list and you can go through those, but I want to just say one, (laughs) and it's Andre Drummond. I was thinking about the Pistons a lot this offseason, and what I just started getting to was maybe he just isn't the guy we thought he was. And if, if last year was not the anomaly, I think he's the most disappointing player in the league. I think if he can get quality point guard play, it'll make a big difference for him. We'll see. Maybe he can pick. He's not going to be worth that max contract, but maybe he can get back on track to being where it looked like he was two years ago. I mean, so I've got one that I'm really terrified of because I had him as the number one pick and I thought he was going to be awesome. But just everything coming out yeah. of Philly about Markel right now is worrying me with this jumper thing, you know, more knee soreness again. And that's, uh, I mean, if he can't make ju- a jump shot, he's not going to be the player that everyone hopes that that he's going to be um but i think um, Dwayne wade would be another one in cleveland you know whatever they think he's going to be there i, I think he's gonna disappoint and then i think the two guys the king signed george hill and zach Randolph hill i don't know where he is in terms of that toe he's already got a groin injury which he also had last year as well you'll recall he's probably i wouldn't shock me if the fact that he has this arthritic toe or or, or whatever the injury is has led to problems in his gait and he just hasn't looked even remotely remotely dynamic in and I used to love George Hill I used to think he was underrated but I think with his age the injuries and then just being in a situation that's about as bad as you can get with the surrounding offensive talent um having him have to be really the main guy who's going to create for you in pick and roll every time without the floor space I think he's going to disappoint Zach Randolph I think is really going to disappoint especially playing with two bigs um Drew Holiday I'm worried about Blake Griffin I'm a little bit worried about we'll see what happens he he and Wiggins are both guys where I'm not going to say that they are going to fail, but that it's quite possible that they could, and there are large expectations for those guys. And uh, another one, Stanley Johnson in Detroit. You know, he already is not going to be starting. You know they wanted him to start, and maybe it's just never going to happen for him, even though another guy that I liked initially. So when I say most disappointing, a lot of these are guys who, you know, I had high hopes for, and then you know they're going to – I'm starting to fear that they're going to disappoint That's certainly me. fair. The two guys that I also wanted to mention on top of that are not dunked on favorites, but players that just – I could see the circumstances not working in their favor. One is Julius Randle. I think Randle could, you know, he he's not the best fit for where the Lakers are going. I think his best role is as a backup center. And as soon as they kind of start to realize that, especially without agreeing to an extension, Larry Nance, I think, makes the most sense either that or dang if they want to try to boost his value so that they don't have to just eat a bunch of crap to, to get rid of him. And then the other guy along those lines, even though I respect his talent is Zach Levine, because Levine just is on a team that is devoid of talent on the perimeter. So team Teams are going to focus on him so much. And one of the big challenges that you see sometimes in the league is when a guy takes on being the number one option and he might still put it, he'll put up probably great counting stats when he's at full strength, but I could see it just not being that impressive and just being like, oh, well, look, look what he's doing with this team. And then congratulations, he's up for a renegotiation or not renegotiation, sorry, restricted free agency and the weirdness that that would create executive of the year this is our last category here i think sam presti is the clear leader so far and we'll see what ends up happening these in these seasons obviously if they win 51 games maybe it won't look that way and then uh kobe altman would actually be my number two which is funny considering that we so criticized the cavaliers for getting into that situation to begin with but i thought that irving trade was a really good one he got Dwayne way to come there for the minimum and and we'll see how that works out but that's you know at least good talent to get onto your team uh derrick rose for the minimum that's not a terrible signing either he's gonna he's a minimum player he's gonna start for them at point guard right now and then 
despite the fact that I think he didn't do the greatest job of filling the team out after the Jimmy Butler heist uh Tom Thibodeau uh, just because of that trade I think you have to he has a decent shot of winning it after Presti just because they're going to be so much better in terms of wins and losses but we also need to mention Daryl Morey here I think Morey other than probably Presti did the sure. best job also with Altman I just want to mention this because I don't think we're well but the the Paul thing was just him wanting yeah but I, I'm thinking there. more you know, of everything wasn't... else they did I mean getting he, he Nene didn't... back even though they had the little buy with the over 37 rule pj tucker luke richard and bamute like that's a 38 over 38 rule don't don't be don't be like the rockets and, and get that wrong <laughs> well done but yeah i think that's you know i think maury's done a phenomenal job this year and I, I think that you know presti it's always hard when a trade is a heist to figure out how much credit you give the acquiring the heister as opposed to blame to the heisty but presti did a fabulous job i mean in the patrick yeah. patterson contract i mean we both love that too all right yeah nope that was that was good too though i think with the knee issues that he's had there maybe makes more sense of why that was as low as it was um all right i think we're done here you got anything you want to talk about before we go uh i mean i have stuff coming out i talked about that athletic piece warriors watch did a mailbag over the weekend and yeah i mean well we there's yeah that's what really needs to be is is you gotta subscribe to danny's podcast like sign up for the rss feed that, that's probably the yeah and I'll, I'll have new pieces coming out uh so i wrote about <laughs> actually that that wasn't one that would be interesting to our audience i wrote about rookie scale extensions for the cba encyclopedia at real gm last week ended up being relevant towards the end of this and just kind of how the structure is changing and i want to talk a little bit more now that it's over about i'm going to write probably for sporting news or somebody about how this process is changing now that these teams are getting capped out and i think that's something we'll probably talk about a fair amount on this show after we get over the excitement of the first week or two also, if you're going to watch the games on Wednesday, and I know you are, Twitter NBA show, check it out, season premiere on Wednesday. And uh, we'll be back to talk about real, actual NBA basketball tomorrow night. And we also, I know we have those transactions we got to catch up on to the non-rookie extensions, all the waivers, that kind of stuff. The LaMarcus extension, you can get all our thoughts on that tomorrow. Talk to you all then. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.